We find the Apostle John in the book of the Revelation gives us several titles or several descriptions of the Lord Jesus. One of those is that he is indeed the Word of God. So in a very real and in a very true sense, he is the heart of God really speaking to us because he is indeed God's Word. We discover also that he's given the title of the one who is faithful and true. He is true. Indeed, he personifies truth. He is the one that proclaims the truth. He's faithful. Indeed, faithful to every word that he has declared, every word that he has spoken, even as our prophet. We find he's faithful to the great purpose of God. In redemption, he has fulfilled every covenant engagement with the Father. We discover also that he's true to the promises that we have in the Word of God, the great promises of redemption. And we know from the Scriptures that those promises are yea and amen in Christ Jesus. We have that wonderful promise that those that honor the Lord, he will honor and we hope to see something of that being manifest in the message today. We also know that he's faithful to God's people in their relationship with God himself. In fact, we discover that as the Apostle Paul is writing to his son in the faith, Timothy, in 2 Timothy 2 and verse 13, he says, He abideth faithful, meaning by that that he remaineth faithful. Think of those words. The Lord remains faithful. He's always faithful. That surely has to come as a word of encouragement to the spirit, to the heart that might be downcast and drooping and despondent. Just to get that view of God afresh, that he is the one who is not only faithful, but also abides faithful, remains faithful. Wasn't it so with Jeremiah? In the midst of his lamentations, we find that he's able to say, Great, great is thy faithfulness. The word great there might well be translated abundant. So Jeremiah was thinking in the midst of all of his lamentations of the abundant faithfulness of his God. And in the portion of scripture that we were reading together here in 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter 17, we are seeing something of God's great faithfulness. We find the opening verses of this 17th chapter record for us the occasion when one of God's true servants, one of God's true prophets, Elijah by name, he comes forth, it appears, he appears just suddenly upon the scene, and he comes to speak to King Ahab. That's quite an undertaking for someone to come as Elijah came and to speak to the one who was in power on the throne in a place of authority. It demanded, undoubtedly, great courage. Not the kind of courage that would be found in the heart of man by nature, 
But the courage that's found there is the courage that's given by the Lord himself. Because Elijah's coming, and he's coming with a message. It's not his own. It's God's. He's coming to deliver that message. And he wants to be the faithful servant, the faithful prophet, and he is. And he must deliver the entire message that the Lord has given to him, to King Ahab. And so he comes courageously to do it, and he comes undoubtedly with great confidence. Not a self-confidence, but a confidence in the word that he's coming to deliver. A confidence in the word that his God, the one whom he serves, the one whom he knows, the one whom he loves, a confidence that this word is true. And he'll have no doubts about speaking it forth, therefore he can do so with confidence. You know how it is sometimes if we're saying something and we might have to put it in parenthesis, well, if what I've heard is true, then such and such. But there was no need for Elijah to put anything in caveats because he had that total confidence in the word that he was bringing. It was none other than the word of the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And he's coming to deliver this. And it's not a case of just coming and saying it just with mere words. It's very clear from what we read here in the opening verses that Elijah is coming conscious, conscious of the Lord's presence with him. You'll notice we read in verse 1, And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand. He was so conscious of the Lord's presence as he comes here to, to deliver this, this message. And he does deliver the message that the Lord has given to him. There's not going to be June or rain. For years and it's all according to the word of the Lord so as Elijah came in this way and this manner could he have had the thought in his mind well I want to deliver the message I will go and do as the Lord has told me but what will I do then what will I do then what will I do after that where, where will I go what will happen to me after I have given this message, the Lord's message, to Ahab? Well, what was he in great need of? He was in great need of at least, at least two things. He was in need of guidance. And he was also in need of provision. Guidance and provision. He was in need of those. And he can't look to himself to get either of them. The guidance that he needs, it needs to be the right guidance. It needs to be, to be sure guidance. And therefore, he's going to have to cast himself wholly and fully and solely upon the Lord. He's going to need provision. And only the Lord is able to grant to him the provision that he he requires will the Lord fail him no the Lord will not fail him in fact the Lord will manifest to Elijah here 
his great faithfulness. And his great faithfulness will be manifested in the care, in the care that he will take of Elijah. And so that brings us to our theme that we want to meditate upon for just a few moments today. And it's God's faithful care. God's faithful care of his people. God's faithful care of his children. And of course there's an application to each individual child of God. As there was undoubtedly the application here to, to Elijah. Elijah himself. Notice how the Lord manifests this care and this faithfulness that he's demonstrating and exercising. We can see it as we think upon the way that the Lord lays out for his servant. The way ahead. The way ahead. We're just really at the start of a new year, aren't we? We're just in the first month, coming about halfway through the first month. And maybe you've been thinking about this year ahead and what will happen. None of us know what we're going to face. None of us know. But we do need to have the assurance in our hearts that we're doing that which the Lord would have us do and we're going in the way that the Lord would have us go. And we need the Lord to manifest his goodness and his grace and take care of us in that regard. And we can see here how he, he does it for, for Elijah. You notice verse 2, the word of the Lord came unto him. Oh, I love those words. The word of the Lord came unto him. He was hearing the voice of the Lord. And as God's people, don't we look to hear God's voice? When we come to his word, don't we want to hear his voice through his word speaking unto our hearts? And it was so here. And here was the Lord saying in verse 3, Get thee hence and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Kareth that is before Jordan. Now remember the situation in the land at this time. True religion was at a very, very low ebb. Elijah has delivered the message, the Lord's message, there'll be no dew, there'll be no, there'll be no rain. And here's where I want you to go, Elijah. Here's what I want you to do, Elijah. Here is how I'm going to provide for you in the midst of all of these adverse circumstances that are all around you. I want you to go eastward and hide yourself. Hide yourself. He's really saying in, in one way, I want you now having delivered my message to Ahab the king, I want you to get out of sight. I want you just to go and hide yourself by the brook Kareth. And it'll be that you'll be able to drink of the brook of water. And I'm going to command the ravens, these birds of the air, I'm going to command them to bring you your provision, what you need. The first 
command might have seemed strange to the ears of Elijah, get the east, turn the eastward, and hide thyself. And then that's followed by what might even be a stranger command. I'm going to have the ravens come for your provision. They will bring you the food that you require. Oh, how unsearchable are God's judgments and his ways past finding out. Isn't that what we read in Romans, Romans 11? We find the psalmist there in, in Psalm, Psalm 77, verse 19. Thy way is in the sea, and thy path in the great waters, and thy footsteps are not known. Surely there was at least a reference there to what the Lord did in delivering his people from Egyptian bondage by way of going through the Red Sea, manifesting his faithfulness to them, taking, taking care of them. And so it is here with Elijah, because God doesn't change, does he? He's always the same. He's unchanging. And he's, he's unchangeable. And he has to assure Elijah that he is sovereign over all still. Despite the state of the land, despite the state the nation is in, despite the circumstances, God's judgment has fallen upon the nation because of the people's sin. There's going to be the drought. There's going to be the dearth. There's going to be the famine. But Elijah, I don't want you to forget that I'm, I'm sovereign over all things. I'm sovereign over it all. And I'm proving it to you, Elijah. I'm going to show you that I am sovereign because I can, I can command the very files of the air. And you'll notice the, the birds that God had chosen to use. Unclean birds. The raven. The raven was a flesh-eating bird, would eat carrion. In fact, we could say it would eat almost anything. They would devour putrid flesh, putrid meat. That just seemed to be what they would live on almost. And yet, that's not the kind of food and the kind of meat that God's servant Elijah needs. And the Lord's going to provide exactly what he needs. By this means, strange though it might seem, strange though it might appear, and though the ravens would bring the food, it's the Lord himself who's sending it. It's the Lord himself who is, who is providing. In fact, it was he who made the ravens. Therefore, he has sovereign power at his command to change the disposition of the raven to find the fresh meat food to carry it in their beaks not eat it themselves and bring it to where Elijah is there at the brook Kareth what's the Lord doing? he's showing Elijah that he's caring for him that he's undertaking for him and he's doing it in a most, a most remarkable way 
in a way that is demonstrating to Elijah that God is in control of every part of his creation. Every part of his creation. Elijah, you'll concede you will get the supply brought by the ravens because I'm reigning. Ahab may be on an earthly throne, but I'm upon my throne in the heavens. I am God, and beside me there is none else. I am the one who declares the end from the beginning. My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. I have purposed it. I will also do it. So yes, God is the creator, isn't he? He created all things, but then he's the governor. He's the ruler over what he has created. He, he controls. He controls the elements. He controls the wind, doesn't he? He need only speak. And from a raging storm, there can be a calm. Because he's, he's in, in control of it all. The very waves, the very waves of the sea will, will obey his voice. So he controls all things. And here he's controlling these birds, these ravens, that they will provide for his servant Elijah. And he's going to provide for him every day. Every day. It's going to be a daily care that the Lord's taking of his child Elijah. Each day he's going to care for him. He's going to provide for him. He's given him the guidance, the direction where he was to go there to the brook. He's got the water in the brook and there's the food that he needs being brought and it's going to be brought daily. Isn't that so explicit there in this chapter? The ravens, verse 6, brought him bread and flesh in the morning. His breakfast. Bread and flesh in the evening. His evening meal. This is tremendous. This is wonderful. How real God must have become to Elijah as he, he saw before his very eyes what the Lord was doing. And it could be no one else who was doing it other than the Lord. It had to bless his soul. It had to encourage him. It had to, it had to strengthen him. And as we see the Lord still the same providing for us as his people, does that not encourage our hearts that he He'll do it on a, on a daily basis. He, he'll not forget. Sometimes we forget, don't we? We're intending maybe this week, in coming week, if the Lord spares us to do something, and then for some reason, oh, oh, I forgot, I'm sorry, I forgot. That never happens with the Lord. He doesn't forget. He remembers. He remembers everything. He knows all things. And he, he is our God. If we're his child, are you his child? Then he is your heavenly father. 
in Christ. He's your heavenly Father. And he, he will undertake for you. He will provide for you. Yes, he will guide you. And he will supply what you need. But I wonder in the heart of Elijah, was he wondering, well, is this how it's, it's going to be? For how long will it be like this? For how long will the, the situation remain as it is that I'm going to be here by the brook? And the ravens are going to come and supply me with the food that I need day by day? Is this, is this God's will for me? Is this God's will for me? Well, the Lord is going to make his will clear and plain to Again, that's so, that's so comforting to our hearts that the Lord does make his will known. His will, he does reveal it to his children, to his people. We can discover, and Elijah here discovered what it, what it was. It wasn't that he was going to remain indefinitely at the brook and have the water to drink from the brook and the ravens to bring him the food. No, the Lord is going to make known his will for coming days. And that's so comforting. It has to be surely a comfort to the heart of the believer in Christ. The Lord will make known his will, as he did here, in the word of the Lord was coming. We've already commented upon it, that expression, and the word of the Lord came unto him there in, in verse 2. And as you read down the chapter, you see those words again about the word of the Lord coming to him. The future, as far as Elijah is concerned, he doesn't really know what it's going to bring. How could he know? None of us know the future. But we know the one who controls the future. The one who does know the future. And God is not obligated just to let us know everything that we need to know at one point in time. He will, he will reveal his will step by step. And he did that here for, for Elijah. Whenever Elijah came before Ahab for that very first time and delivered that message, he didn't know where he was to go. He didn't know what he was to do after that, but the Lord didn't forsake him. The Lord's manifesting his care of him, and he's telling him, get to the brook, hide yourself there. The ravens will supply the food that you need. And if you obey me, Elijah, then you're going to see that I will fulfill my promise. I will keep my word and I will reveal to you what my will is for you. There was some measure of discipline required, wasn't there, as far as Elijah was concerned, to go there and stay at that, that brook as he could, could view the brook and the water slowly getting lower and lower and lower but that's where the Lord has directed him for now but he can see the water is going down and what's going to happen he may have had those thoughts he was a man of like passions as we are remember so put yourself in that kind of a situation how might you think at times how might you 
feel at times, but the Lord has him here for a purpose. For a purpose. He has much to, to teach him. He has many things to teach him. He has much instruction to give on to him as he's here by the brook Kareth. He's having to learn what it is to submit to the Lord's way and to the Lord's will. And he's, he's learning that. The Lord, is, the Lord is teaching him that. And he's teaching him it by having him here at a drying up brook. And sometimes the Lord, the Lord brings us to a drying up brook because he has something to, to show to us, something to teach us. He's using this to instruct us and to reveal something more of his will for our lives. He's learning submission. He's learning to keep trusting, isn't he? He's learning to keep trusting. Oh, I think of those words over in Proverbs, trust in the Lord with all thine heart, lean not, lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. But we have got to we have got to learn to keep to keep trusting. Or oh, there is a temptation that we face, well maybe we could decide the best way forward. But as a believer, as the child of God, don't we want the Lord's way? Don't we want the Lord's, the Lord's will? I think of those verses in Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 50. Let me read them to you, verses 10 and 11. Who is among you that feareth the Lord, that obeyeth the voice of his servant? And Elijah obeyed the Lord's voice, didn't he? He went where the Lord told him that obeyeth the voice of his servant, that walketh in darkness. As far as the future was concerned, it was in that sense in darkness because Elijah at this point didn't know what it was or what it would bring. Walketh in darkness and hath no light. But here's the exaltation, here's the command. Let him trust in the name of the Lord and stay upon his God. There it is. Trust in the name of the Lord and stay, rest upon the Lord. So here is, is Elijah and he must do that. Something else that the Lord's teaching him here, Elijah, you will, you will have to fellowship very much with me. Now isn't it good to be able to fellowship with our brothers and sisters in Christ in the family of God? Of course it is. We can find so much help and so much encouragement by so doing. But then there are the times when it's necessary for us to look alone to the Lord. And the Lord had Elijah in such a place here, in such a position here, where there wasn't anyone else to commune with other than the Lord. There wasn't someone else that he could go and have that person as his confidant, because he was here all alone, all alone. 
And yet when we feel all alone in human terms, we're not alone, are we? We're not alone. There is one, the Lord himself, who will come nigh and as we draw nigh in prayer to commune with him, he will draw nigh to commune with us. And so Elijah is being taught this more and more as he's staying here in this place where the Lord brought him to. And then isn't, isn't the Lord showing him that he's got to be most thankful, most thankful? I speak to my own heart when I say this. How easy it is sometimes just to say thank you, Lord. And really, I've said it perhaps maybe just out of the mere form. Oh, I can't see that Elijah would ever have expressed thankfulness out of a mere form here. Because he's here all alone at the brook. No one else, and the brook's drying up. And the food is still coming daily, yes, but he has to be so thankful, so heart thankful. He feels it in his heart, I'm certain, as he thanks the Lord for, for the water there. And also to thank the Lord for the food that the ravens are bringing. Bringing in such a spectacular way, in such a spectacular manner. But he, he's learning to be so thankful. To give heartfelt thanks to the Lord. And the Lord is coming to reveal his will further to him. Because that brings us in the final place just to speak about the Lord's care being manifest in his unfailing word. His unfailing word. No further revelation was coming until the group was dried up. He didn't hear from the Lord until that group had dried up. And it was then that the word came. Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongs to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to feed thee, no longer the ravens. But the word of the Lord is clear. There will be a widow woman who will have provision for you, Elijah. Oh, you see this, this unfailing word. Elijah's faith and obedience is being tested to the full here. I wonder did he ever for a moment think of maybe moving from the brook before the water had dried up. Left to human reason we might say well that would be that would be the thing to do. But he wasn't going to move until he got that word from the Lord as to where he was to go next in the unfolding of God's will for Elijah. And you see, the place of obedience is going to be the place of the Lord's provision and where the Lord is going to manifest his care. So Elijah's staying where he is until he gets this word. And I see this word coming 
It's the unfailing word of the Lord. That word just comes at, at the right time. And what was really holding Elijah there at the brook as it was drying up was nothing other than the word of God. Nothing else. Just, he, he felt, he felt bound and constrained by that word. And the Lord was having it so that here's an opportunity for me, Elijah, to show you how I care for you, to manifest my faithfulness to you, and as the people of God, can't we see how that the Lord will care for us? He'll manifest his faithfulness. He will bring his own word to our hearts at the very time when we need it. I think of those words in Isaiah 48. Thus saith the Lord thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord thy God, which teacheth thee to profit, which leadeth thee by the way that thou shouldest go. And here is Elijah being led by the way that he should go. And it's God's word. God's word coming to him. God's word revealing to him what he must do. And so as we go through this year, if the Lord spares us in his will, can't we look to him to give us his word, to bring his word to us just, just when we need it, just to guide us, just to direct us, just to comfort us, just to strengthen us. It's all what the Lord has promised. He cannot, he will not fail. He is the one who takes every care of each one of his dear children, each one of us. He cares for us because he loves us. And he manifests that care. Let us be so thankful in our hearts that we have such a faithful God. Let's bow in prayer.